It's Takeaway Tuesday on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. For today, Tuesday, October 10th, I'm your host, Donald Ware. Listen, we're here in Raleigh, and it's, you know, even at night, it's like 80 degrees. You think you're done with the AC, and then this weather comes along, and just really last week, I mean, it was in the 50s in the morning. So the weather is crazy, but the football and more specifically, the HBCU football is hot and heavy. And you know how we do it on Takeaway Tuesday. As a matter of fact, we're, we're at the midway point of the season, so there's a couple of things I want to I touch on in terms of takeaways from this past week, in week six of the HBCU football season. Um, so I want to touch on some things and then um, uh, take a look at where we are in terms of at the midway point with some of the teams uh, on tomorrow's program, I'm going to give you the top five players. You know, we do at the beginning of the season, the top five players to watch. So I'm going to do the top five players to watch at the midway point. Going to do it on the other side after this word from our sponsor, Blue Cross, Blue Shield of North Carolina. The love of the game. It flows through our veins and fills our lungs. It brings us to our feet and sometimes our knees. But behind every thrilling point, there is strength and security. The card Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina members have trusted for over 80 years with the tools and plans to make healthcare easy. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina live fearless. Proud supporter of fans across North Carolina. Again, it's Takeaway Tuesday on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. My first takeaway is the fact, I'm going to talk about the fact that Alabama State let its head football coach, Brian Jenkins, go. Alabama State was really getting embarrassed on national TV by Alcorn State. I think the score at halftime was 24 to nothing. Alabama State ended up losing that game 24 to 10. And I think Brian Jenkins is 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 one who 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 is accountable. He's always been that way, very much that way uh, while he was at Bethune-Cookman. And, I mean, he came on like gangbusters at Bethune-Cookman. His first year was 2010. I remember it vividly. Uh, Bethune-Cookman that year ended up winning the MEAC championship, and they won probably, I would say, at least one outright or shared uh, four or five MEAC championships while um, – Brian Jenkins was there. As a matter of fact, I think it was only one year that they didn't win the championship. That was the year uh, 2011 when Norfolk State won it outright. So, again, he's a, he, he's accountable, and he'll be the first to say, if you look at my wins and losses, we didn't get it done from a wins and losses perspective. Ten wins, 17 losses is not going to get it done. But, you know, I you don't fire a guy to me. and, and You don't fire a guy – that went six and five in his first season, then maybe had a bit of a down season last year because of a bunch of injuries, was playing a bunch of young guys, and the same held true uh, this year. But I, you know, obviously to me there was something more. I mean, you can look at it from a political aspect, uh, the fact that there's a new president that has come in, and uh, you know he's going to sort of want to move in his own direction. They did, by the way, name uh, former longtime. Uh, or former Morgan State uh, head football coach, longtime head football coach at Morgan State, Donald Hill Ely, who was already the associate uh, head coach. So they've named him the head coach at Alabama State. But a new president um, obviously 
doesn't like the direction of the football program. Um, uh, Melvin Hines out as the athletics director the day before Alcorn State and Alabama State played. So the 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 environment um, was there for this to happen. And by the way, Alabama State hadn't won a football game uh, all season. And so, you know, they made the move. Um, I'm I'm of you know I'm I'm always one that I think you give a person the ability you know three years I mean really two and a half years it's not enough time to really establish a football program now again maybe things weren't rolling in the direction that uh, the alumni at Alabama State thought they would and, and and sometimes you can be a victim of your own success and I think in part that is what happened. With Brian Jenkins, look at all the success that he had at Bethune-Cookman coming in right away. And as a matter of fact, I mean, he probably, you know, could have um, had an FBS opportunity also. I mean, he already came from an FBS background, um, had a lot of success at Bethune-Cookman and, um, and, and, and could have done that. But he made this transition to Alabama State, which was um, a, it was interesting, uh, you know, typically you don't see lateral movements like this. And at the time when he made this move, um, the uh, well, I'm trying to think if it actually happened. I think it may have happened in December of 14. Um, so they hadn't announced that there was going to be a celebration bowl as of yet. So the MIAC was still playing in the playoffs. And Bethune Cookman was building a program to be able to compete in the playoffs and then you make the move to Alabama state. That's a, that's that would raise some eyebrows quite frankly, no matter why he made the move he did. I think you have to give um, an opportunity for coaches to be able to uh, write the ship, but I, that's my stance. That's how I feel about most situations, but I can understand this situation with Alabama state and the fact that there's just new administration uh, coming in, so they decided to make the move. Um, you know, you will see Brian Jenkins on another sideline. His his overall record uh, says that that is the case, the way that he builds programs. But not only that, he builds young men. He builds student athletes. And that's w- really more impressive to me than anything else about Brian Jenkins. So that's takeaway one on takeaway Tuesday. A couple of other things, Uh, you know, I look at Virginia State and I say, wow, you know, we had a chance to have Reggie Barlow on the program this past week. And I say, boy, you guys score 56 points. But then I say, well, Elizabeth City State, who they played, scored zero points. And this was Elizabeth City State team that was putting some points on the board. So I'm like, man, Virginia State is getting it done. Um, Trenton Cannon, the running back, is absolutely uh, tremendous. He's a pro prospect at running back and Reggie Barlow has really put his stamp on the program. You you know, we're talking about Alabama state and I mean, (laughs) it's interesting because, and, and that's another thing about Alabama state. I mean, Reggie Barlow, while he didn't win any championships as the head coach, he was part of uh, championship teams at Alabama state as a coach. Not only that, he was pretty consistent. I mean, they would win, you know, at least six games a year. Sometimes they win eight. They just couldn't get over the hump. And 
you know, there was some dispute there as to why he left. And I think that is is a situation where maybe Alabama State acted a little bit prematurely, perhaps. But I, I say that to say he has come in here, meaning Barlow, to Virginia State and just gotten it done. Meanwhile, also another takeaway, Bowie State uh, continues to roll um, another big victory for Bowie State. They put up 41 points against Chowan. So now it sets us up for the showdown in Bowie, Maryland between Virginia State and Bowie State. It's going to be homecoming and it's going to be a nationally televised game. And, and we're going to preview that as our box to row national game of the week. Um, also being at the midway point, um, you know, I, I probably expected if you would have told me that Howard would be competing right now, uh, even though they're two and three, they're coming off a tough loss at home to North Carolina Central, the defending MEAC champions, 13 to seven. If you were to say to me that right now, Howard only has the one loss and they have two wins, one of those wins against an FBS opponent at the midway point, I would have told you you were crazy. But the fact of the matter is that is where Howard stands. And, you know, I, the way that A&T is playing right now, um, I think North Carolina Central is just going to continue to win games. Um, I think that we're going to see the show now. Maybe Central slips up and loses a game. Maybe not. Um, the bottom line is going to be this. We're going to see the matchup between A&T and Central as, the, in essence, the MEAC championship um, the Saturday before Thanksgiving. So Central, you know, uh, Howard, again, the one loss really hurts them, but anything could happen, and then they have the tiebreaker situation against Central, which is a, a disadvantage for Howard. Um, but still, anything can happen. So if you would have told me Howard would right now have two wins, one of those against an FBS opponent and only one loss in MEAC play midway through the season, I would not have believed you. So that's a look at Takeaway Tuesday on tomorrow. We're gonna, I'm going to give you my top five players right now at the midway point. My top five players at the midway point. Got some really good stuff on Box to Row. Stay on our website, BoxToRow.com. Read about Darius Leonard, the Box to Row National Player of the Week. If you missed our podcast from yesterday, which is Monday quarterbacking, check that out and also take a look at our uh, HBCU, uh, our Box to Row HBCU coaches and media polls. I'll talk with you tomorrow.